This is a special presentation of the Radio Plasma Podcast. The Holyoke Mayoral Candidates Forum. On this forum, the four mayoral candidates will answer questions from the media and the community previous to the preliminary election of September 26th. The mayoral candidates are Michael Thomas Siciliano, Jason Ferreira, Paul Bowles, and Mayor Alex Morris. This event is brought to you as a collaboration of the Holyoke Neighborhood Associations, Radio Plasma, El Sol Latino, Holyoke Media, and City Councilor Nelson Roman. We are broadcasting from El Mercado at 413 Main Street in Holyoke, Massachusetts. I would like to personally thank the members of our Ballot Forum Planning Committee, that is Juan Gabriel Sanchez, Irene Feliciano, Jacqueline Velez, Johan Rochivega, Carmen Ocasio, Jerry Torres, Manuel Hernandez, and Manuel Frau Ramos, uh, who should be walking in at any moment. I would like to also welcome you to the beautiful pop-up theater at El Mercado. This weekend here in South Holyoke, I'd be remiss if I didn't invite you all to join us for our Taste of South Holyoke Festival, Sabor de South Holyoke. Um, and as well as in this space, we will have a pop-up theater and play. I wanted to take a minute though, if we could, to just have a moment of silence and pause for all of our familia and friends in Puerto Rico and in Mexico uh, that are going through a tragedy at this moment. Thank you so much. We are also having a collection drive here in Nueva Esperanza. We're the Western Mass uh, Donation Center for all hurricane relief efforts in Western Mass. Uh, we will be coordinating and we are working with the National Puerto Rican Agenda, directly communicating with the island's governor to really coordinate donation reliefs and efforts. So if anyone would like to donate, we are prioritizing flashlights and batteries at this moment and any medical donations as well as water. Those can be brought to 401 Main Street every day until the 30th from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the second forum for the Neighborhood Associations of Holyoke. And I also want to thank our Springdale Ingleside Neighborhood Association Presidents Paul and Andre Bissett for being here today, and our Churchill Neighborhood Association members who are here as well. The purpose of the association's forums is to provide access and availability of information from candidates or ballot measure campaigns in the lower wards, even though these forums are open to all. Voters have an important choice to make and to be heard at the polls in the next six days to decide who from these four men will be the top two vote getters to run for mayor in November. Tonight's debates planning group has selected a moderator from our community who is a leader bar none. She is a Latina mother, a rebel without a cause, a good friend, and a badass woman. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me a pleasure and honor to introduce to you this evening, Irene Feliciano Sims. Um, again, good evening, everyone. My name is Irene Feliciano Sims. Um, Holyoke voters have a decision to make um, that will make it to the, uh, excuse me, sorry. Decisions to make voters will go to the polls in six days. I would like now to introduce the candidates for tonight's debate. Um, we have right here Paul Bowles, Jason Ferreira, Alex Morris, and Michael Siciliano. Um, again, thank you all for joining us this evening. 
Our panel for this evening is in no particular order. Michael, uh, Michael Pl uh, Plaisance, excuse me, of the Republican Mass Live Holyoke Reporter, Johan Roshi Vega, founder and producer of the uh, Radio Plasma Holyoke, a local multimedia podcasting station in South Holyoke. Manuel Frau Ramos, publisher and founder of El Sol Latino. And also Carmen Ocasio, president of the South Holyoke Neighborhood Association, representing the Holyoke Neighborhood Association. Today's questions come from our panelists and members of the public, submitted online. We want to cover as much ground as possible, so let's get things right going. The order of the answering was determined by a half pool with the candidates being present. First will be Michael Thomas Siciliano, who will answer first. Then it will be Alex Morris, Paul Bowes, and finally Jason Ferreira. The format for tonight is as follows. Two minute opening statements. Each candidate will be asked one question from the panel with a two minute answer. One minute rebuttals for each candidate, um, with candidate answering one question first, giving their final rebuttal last. Question submitted online, platform for question submissions will be from the Neighborhood Association um, Facebook page, um, Radio Plasma's Facebook page, and other social media um, websites, chosen also by the Neighborhood Association. One minute and 30 second answers will be given to the candidates with um, a two minute closing statement. Audience members are, are only allowed to applaud before and after the forum. There'll be no booing, jeering, finger snapping, hissing allowed. If anyone is found to do this, they will be asked to refrain and asked to leave. Again, we want to respect all candidates, give um, uh, people of the audience viewing live on Facebook at home um, after to hear directly from the candidates themselves. So now let's just begin. Going, um, sorry, excuse me, going in order. Uh, first opening statement, Michael Siciliano. I am Michael Thomas Siciliano, and for almost 18 years, I have called our city home. The most family-friendly city that I've ever known, Holyoke is a bright and vibrant reflection of many cultural heritages, the true spirit of America, the essence of our state, Massachusetts. Now at the age of 45, I have lived half my life in eastern Massachusetts, where I grew up on the North Shore of Boston, and half my life here in Western Massachusetts as I moved to Amherst at the age of 23 to attend our state's flagship university. Upon graduation with degrees in history and sociology, I applied and landed my first job out of college with the Greater Westfield Area Head Start as a family advocate. I am here today very concerned about our city, Holyoke. There are families in every neighborhood in all seven wards struggling to persevere. I am here today more than frustrated by the physical condition of the Holyoke Public Schools. Maintenance has been deferred and it shows. What's troubling about this trend is that in recent history our city has had strong revenue to support maintenance and repair that has not that is not the issue. The problem is that funds have been misappropriated. While the spare, I apologize, but that two minutes has gone by really fast. While the spare of the opiate crisis runs its course in our city, its politics as usual 
at City Hall in Hoyoke, Massachusetts. And like many of the city parks often littered with hypodermic, hypodermic needles, the current administration of Mayor Alex Morris is littered with scandals and litigation from numerous lawsuits. Thank you, um, Michael. Um, next, Alex Morris. Well, good evening. <laughs> great, great start, right? Uh, well, good evening, everyone. It's such a pleasure to be here tonight at El Mercado. Of course, I want to thank the organizers, thank Councilor Nelson Roman, uh, Carmen Ocasio, of course, the president of the South Holyoke Neighborhood uh, Association, uh, our media panel, and of course, my opponents who agreed to be here tonight, uh, but also, most importantly, all of you in the audience. You're the most important part of the democratic process, and those of you listening at home, or those of you listening after the fact, thank you for uh, tuning in. And I also remember this space vividly because this is actually the place where I had my first ever uh, campaign event in January of 2011, a kickoff uh, fundraiser and uh, my 21st uh, birthday party. I, I remember this uh, space and this event. It's always good to be back here in South Holyoke. Uh, as with uh, many debates, I look forward to delving into the issues and the progress we've made uh, over the last six years. I know when I first ran and first announced in 2011, uh, we ran because we wanted to change the story of the city of Holyoke, one from a city of just problems and challenges to a city of opportunity and possibility. And today I sit here very proud of our accomplishments over the last uh, six years, uh, whether in economic development and creating jobs and opportunities for residents here in South Holyoke and all throughout our city, whether it's making sure all children have access to a great education in a safe neighborhood, but most importantly, the fact that we've opened up the doors of City Hall, made our city more representative of the people, particularly here in this neighborhood, uh, and again, all throughout Holyoke, and made it, made it a place where all people can share in that sense of pride uh, that we have. And so again, thank you for being here, thank you for participation, and I look forward to delving into all of your great questions throughout the evening. Thank you. Thank you, Alex Morris. Paul Bowles. Hi, um, I'm Paul Bowes. I'm the old guy here. <laughs> uh, I want to welcome everybody that's here and thank you. I'm, you could be someplace else. Um, um, I came here 15 years ago and uh, I was running a gubernatorial campaign for uh, a woman, an independent woman. Um, and I looked around and Hoyoke has some great possibilities. Uh, lowest electric utility rates I've ever seen. I'm, I'm from Fitchburg. I was a property manager for two old mills in Fitchburg and also in, in Cambridge. And uh, I saw the problems out there. But anyway, I have a degree in economics from Colgate University, class of 1972. Uh, I've been involved in business uh, since about the age of, uh, or younger than that, but serious business since I was uh, 32 years old when I started my own business in Boston. And I had 18, 19 employees, 18 trucks hauling jet fuel and gasoline around the clock with a partner. Um, I have uh, uh, not much experience in government except working in, as a volunteer in campaigns. I think that uh, Hoyoke uh, deserves better. Uh, Hoyoke, by the way, if you know anything about the history of Hoyoke, in the 1950s it was considered one of the wealthiest communities in the United States. It's not anymore. My focus will be on three things, and I only have two campaign signs, and they say three things besides my name and, and uh, mayor, whatever. Uh, businesses, jobs, and prosperity. Businesses don't want to come here. I worked for a businessman uh, 
that's been in business 31 years. He wants to move out. His costs are outrageous, and I don't blame. We do a lot of work outside of Holyoke, but very little here. So that's my goals. I will be not sitting in the mayor's office that much. I will be out recruiting businesses because I am in business. Thank you. Thank you, Paul Bowles. Next, Jason Ferrer. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for, thanks for coming out tonight. Uh, I just want to start off by uh, thanking the folks who put this debate on. It's, it's, it's never an easy thing to put on a debate, and you, you always find yourself with the best intentions and facing uh, critici criticisms. Um, you know, for the process that you underwent. So it's just something I really appreciate, and, and uh, particularly I wanted to thank, uh, as soon as this wind doesn't blow my papers away, um, you know, the South Holyoke Neighborhood Association and, and Nelson Roman, uh, Johan uh, Vega and Radio Plasma, Irene for, for being the moderator, Irene Feliciano, Sims, uh, Carmen Acasio, Mike Plaisant, Manuel Frau Ramos, and uh, also the other candidates, you know, uh, a lot of times in campaigns we get caught up on, on issues and it can be really divisive and <clears throat> I think one of the things we forget is that, you know, the mayor, you know, while, while I may have a lot of disagreements with him on issues, you know, is somebody who's standing up for our city and fighting for our city and, and, and we all are. Everybody up here is here because we want, um, we want to do better for our city. So there's, there's a certain level of respect that I have for everybody uh, for, for throwing their name in here. So, so thank you for that. Um, and, and lastly, I really want to thank the audience uh, for showing up. You know, I think uh, participation in our government is so important. And, you know, you got to show up. You know, there's a lot of people who have uh, a problem with this or that. And, you know, the way to start to solve those problems is by showing up. Show up to, to forums, show up to city council meetings, show up to different events, and get involved. That, that's how we're going to solve these problems. So um, I just appreciate everybody uh, putting this together. And uh, I guess we'll get going on the questions. Thank you. Again, thank you again um, for your opening statements. Now we'll go straight to our panelists who will ask the questions. First will be Carmen Ocasio, president of the South Holyoke Neighborhood Association. Hi, my name is Carmen Ocasio. Good evening. My name is Carmen Ocasio. I'm the president of the South Holyoke Neighborhood Association. My question is for Alex Moores. My question is for Alex Moore. Um, what are your plans for South Holyoke and how you are planning to address the drugs and crime and violence in our wards? Well, thank you, Carmen, for, for that question. And as I said before, thank you for your leadership of the Neighborhood Association. I, I think you're a role model for both other neighborhoods and also your neighbors here uh, in South Holyoke. And I also want to thank our ward counselor, Nelson Roman, for his leadership of War II and particularly of South Holyoke as well. Uh, and I know a few weeks back, uh, Nelson had the opportunity to publish a, a very eloquent letter to, to the editor in the Holyoke Sun that outlined our partnership to improve uh, South Holyoke. And for us, as we work in a neighborhood that has uh, what I think been ignored for far too long, it's really deferring to the residents who've lived here and called this place their home. And so I will never pretend to come to the neighborhood and pretend that me as an individual or my administration uh, may know best. But what I am proud of is that the specific actions that we've taken over the last several years to improve uh, South Holyoke. Uh, you know, number one, we did a $3.6 million cleanup of the biggest brownfield site in the, in the city at the moment, a $3.6 million cleanup of the Parsons site. 
Uh, we're embarking on a $4 million streetscape to improve the gateways into South Holyoke on Cabot Street as an extension uh, of the Canal Walk. And other, on the other end of South Holyoke, the 391 underpass art project that we've been working closely with, uh, with Nueva. Uh, you've also been involved with uh, our effort as part of the Redevelopment Authority uh, in terms of building uh, and redensifying uh, the, the property, the vacant properties around uh, Carlos Vega Park to increase opportunities for home ownership uh, in this neighborhood uh, in particular. And over the last uh, few years and moving forward, uh, we have $400,000 of investments in parks here. Uh, for years, Valley Arena Park was laid uh, vacant and contaminated, and our administration is working to clean it up. Uh, we just put money into Susi Park for the first time in, in decades. Uh, we renovated half of Carlos Vega Park, and I just allocated additional money uh, for Carlos Vega Park. And we're working with Council Roman to identify a crime analyst position uh, to get to the root of the cause in terms of how we allocate better resources for public safety here in South Holyoke. Thank you. Uh, we will now allow candidates to um, for answer also and a rebuttal. Um, each one will have a minute. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, we'll just start at the end with um, Michael Siciliano. Carmen, thank you for your question. And it's an honor and privilege to be here. I appreciate the opportunity very much. My plan for South Holyoke is in conjunction with the community that calls this place home. I have my own ideas that I will specify, but believe that revitalization and planning ought to be a community effort supported by the mayor, city council, and public officials. It is my opinion that opportunities for new housing development in South Holyoke should be for privately held, owner-occupied homes affordable for local residents. As mayor, I plan to promote and work toward greater home ownership in our city. Can I get a time check? <laughs> All right, thank you. Jason? Thank you much, so much for the question, uh, Carmen. I know this is something that we've talked about one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. So I think, for me, I think the primary thing that we need to talk about is, is home ownership opportunities and really leveraging the, uh, the available uh, assets and opportunities we have to, to make that work. So one of the things campaign I worked on last fall was the Community Preservation Act, and there's a community housing a component to that. And you know, one of the plans that we have uh, put in place or, or are preparing to put in place for South Holyoke is to leverage the Community Preservation Act to uh, encourage home ownership. Uh, for me, you know, the solutions to, to the issues facing South Holyoke are a lot of, a lot of the same uh, solutions that are facing the city as a whole. You know, we want good housing, safe streets, uh, good schools. You know, th these, these are things that we need to be working towards. So, I mean, we can, uh, you know, allocating CBDS funds to parks is a great thing, but I think we really need to start prioritizing South Holyoke and not just, uh, not just giving money that, that we're contract contractually obligated to do. Sorry, thank you. Thank you. If you don't mind, I'd like to stand up. Uh, I'm in the private sector, and uh, the problem in Holyoke, in my humble opinion, is that we have too much public money's coming in here. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a number of years ago, uh, started selling off their public housing units, and Hoyoke has a lot of public housing units. And within a couple years, they offered them to uh, tenants, good tenants, first, they could take it for a discounted price if they wanted to. 
the neighborhood changed dramatically. We should do that. We are spending, I was told, a half a million dollars per unit of the, uh, for the ones, uh, the housing units, public housing units off of, uh, um, right down near City Hall. Half a million dollars. That's where a lot of the crime is. That's where a lot of the poverty is. When you own it, you feel that you own it. Now, I live up in Ward 7, up near Dartmouth Street on, Dar on uh, Northampton Street, and I see needles in my neighborhood. Um, I work uh, near Highland Hardware, and I pick up all the trash every morning, and I thank see you, hypodermic Pobles. needles. I'm tired of that. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, we will give Mr. Morris um, the last minute for a final rebuttal. Thank you, uh, Irene. And I, as I said before, homeownership is at the heart of our strategy for South Holyoke. And we've been embarking in an ambitious uh, plan for South Holyoke. There's a number of vacant properties around Carlos Vega Park. And it's been our administration that has actually aggregated those properties. And so we've taken some of those properties for ownership. And now we're working hand in hand with the Neighborhood Association and the Redevelopment Authority to put a request for a proposal out for homeownership. Because we have a belief that once you uh, improve yourself and your family and you move out of poverty, you shouldn't have to necessarily move out of the neighborhood that you've called home forever. Uh, right now, South Holyoke is approximately 95% uh, rental. And we want to do what we can to increase homeownership opportunities uh, in South Holyoke. And so that's uh, very important to us. And South Holyoke is such an important neighborhood with a lot of history and architecture and infrastructure. And even the, the building we're in uh, today in Nueva Esperanza and the organization and their transformation is only benefiting uh, the city as a whole. And so I'm very proud of our progress here in South Holyoke. And I'm very excited to see what's to come in the coming years. Thank you. Our next question will be from Johan Roshi Vega of Radio Plasma. Thank you to all candidates for being present today in this important forum and allowing the public to know what are your thoughts and your ideas for being a mayor or continuing being a mayor in the city of Holyoke. My question is for candidate Paul Bowes. I just got uh, the opportunity to meet you today and my question to you, it will be, you were talking about being a business person and wanting to bring jobs to the Holyoke community. But not only talking about jobs, but more, more importantly about the language barrier, considering that 48% of the population is Latino, therefore they speak Spanish at some point, at some level. How will you embrace having access and allowing the community to utilize their language as part of their job opportunities. That's a very good question. Uh, the extent of my Spanish is this. Mi nombre es Pablo Bos. ¿Qué pasa? My español es poco y malo. Comprende? Just jokingly. I will get somebody in the mayor's office to be more fluent in Spanish than I am. Okay? Uh, I want to bring. I want to convince businesses to come here because the, the business confidence is not high in Holyoke. Uh, a hardware store that's been here 100 years closed downtown. An auto parts store that I used to do business with a number of years ago is long gone. Um, what we've got to do is increase the business confidence to bring them in, okay? And then they'll start creating jobs, real jobs, what I call in the private sector, and then there'll be real prosperity. We've got all this government money coming in, and I believe in home ownership, just like I told you the story about public housing units in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
and it has worked there, okay? Uh, there is a lot of crime in this neighborhood. I dropped off a guy that we just fired. He's got an alcohol and drug problem right at the racing mart. He borrowed 20 bucks, and I said, you're not buying heroin, are you? No. I said, get out. He was fired the next day. So I understand, okay? But the problem is the perception of Holyoke from people outside is very negative. I want to be the ambassador. I want to bring in new businesses, try to convince them. I want to go to graduate schools of business with packages and bring them in here. This is what Holyoke has. It has very low utility rates. Green power, 60, 70% now. It is at a crossroads route, uh, the interstates, the Turnpike and Interstate 91, okay? And it's a great opportunity for serious business people to create jobs and wealth. I want everybody in this room to succeed, everybody. I want to have every student that goes through the Holyoke Public Schools to succeed and graduate, and I'm very sincere about that. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll just go right to your left with um, Jason Ferreira. Thanks, Irene, and thank you for that question, uh, Johan. Um, <clears throat> you know, my perspective on this question is that, you know, really the, the number of Spanish-speaking residents that we have in Holyoke is a tremendous asset that uh, it, it makes our city more appealing for a potential business. So um, in terms of, you know, how would we leverage that into, uh, into jobs and, and opportunities for our residents, I mean, I think... Uh, you know, we really want to make sure that we, we focus and fund uh, ESL programs uh, throughout the city. I think that, um, you know, letting, letting uh, potential businesses know uh, of this strength is, is another uh, way we could go about it. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you, Johan, for the question. And when I think of jobs, oftentimes people think that the mayor's job is solely to bring new jobs to the city, and we work very hard on that, and we've brought hundreds of jobs to the city, but even more importantly than bringing jobs uh, new to the city is how do we connect residents we already have with the jobs that exist. If you look at the data, we have enough jobs in Holyoke for every Holyoke resident. We actually have more jobs uh, than we have Holyoke residents, but the issue is the skills gap and workforce development. And so how do we make sure that Holyokers first get the jobs that are coming into our city? Uh, one great example is our partnership with both HCC and M MGM on the Culinary Center. And so every opportunity that I get as mayor is being proactive in those contracts, making sure Holyokers have access to those programs. So at the new Culinary Center, it's 50 Holyoke residents a year get free tuition to get a culinary program, one of the fastest growing sectors in Western Mass right now. Same thing with GTI, making sure that Holyokers, both in the flats and South Holyoke, have access to those job opportunities. Thank you, Johan, for your question. I think the disconnect that the mayor talks about, I think that the disconnect that the mayor talks about is in our Holyoke Public Schools. The mayor is correct that there's a divide in our city, that there is lots of opportunity and lots of jobs, but we don't have the educated or skilled youth to take the positions. So clearly, uh, there is a disconnect or some type of failure happening in our public school system. And my proposal, Johan, to deal with you know, more directly your question, is that I am proposing to greatly expand our city's dual language immersion program. I have talked to Dr. Steven Zreich about this, and he is receptive. I think that both Kelly and Morgan schools need dual language immersion programs starting one year from today. And that 10 years from today, our whole entire city is basically 70 to 80% dual language immersion. And that's how we're going to close the gap and give this Latino community 
a true opportunity to compete locally with this language barrier. Thank you. And Mr. Bowles, you have a one minute final rebuttal. Interesting story. When I came here in 2002, I was helping a friend. Uh, I'm a divorced father, by the way. Uh, he's a divorced father. A campaign for state rep. And we went to a bilingual uh, meeting at the church on Appleton Street. And uh, interesting, I'm, I was just helping him, volunteering, but I listened. And uh, anyway, he was speaking, and this 12, 14-year-old girl was translating for her mother, who couldn't speak English. And uh, the mother said to the daughter, uh, after the, he, he, he wasn't bilingual. He was American-born or whatever, just like I am. But uh, the girl, very intelligent girl, said, my mother would like to have <coughs> me speak English as well as you. My younger brother, Warren, used to travel the world. He's an electrical engineer. And he would uh, go to places like Moscow. Uh, and they would speak English to him in Madrid, Spain. English. English is the success language worldwide. Thank you, Mr. Paul Bowles. Time is up. Our third question is going to come from Mom. Uh, excuse me. I, your name is so difficult. Place on, excuse me, of the Republican in Mass Live. I will get this next one. <laughs> this is for Jay Ferreira. Could you discuss the specific steps you would take as mayor to reduce the amount of property taxes that home and business owners have to pay? In other words, is it inevitable that property taxes have to increase every year? Thanks, Mike. That's a great question. And it's certainly not inevitable, though. It may, has, may seem that way over the last few years. Um, I think the key really is, you know, is new growth. You know, when I was on the city council, it was always a, d a decision between raising the business tax or raising the residential tax. And there's really strong arguments on both sides. But, you know, if, if, we, can, if we can improve upon our new growth, that, that's the key, where we can, we'll be able to, to lower both business and, and uh, residential taxes. Over the last five years, uh, the city of Hoyoke has finished in last four, four of those years in new growth of all gateway cities, which are similar, uh, similar to Hoyoke. Regionally, we finished last or near last in new growth uh, over the last five years, Longmeadow, Northampton, and it's by a wide margin. Um, we really need to, to take some steps and, and, and have a greater sense of urgency about our financial and economic situation. I think that there's this idea that a lot of things are happening, but in the context of how things are happening in other comparable communities, Hoyoke's really fallen far behind. So we need to, uh, to recognize that reality and start to act accordingly. So, you know, for me, there's a number of things that we talked about uh, as possible pathways to that. So cutting red tape is one thing. Um, you know, the recent Dunkin' Donuts uh, proposal, you know, whether you like Dunkin' Donuts or not, I don't particularly like Dunkin' Donuts, but, um, you know, they've been, that, that's been a process that's been going on for four years now. So, I mean, you know, I understand that there's uh, issues that need to be taken care of, traffic issues, neighbor, neighborhood, neighborhood concerns and such, but four years strikes me as, a, as a quite a long time. Other communities are, uh, are taking Hoyoke's potential businesses. Um, we're, we're competing with Westfield, we're competing with Chicopee, West Springfield, and they're beating us right now. We need to really understand that and, and, and know, and know uh, how Hoyoke is doing in the context of other communities. Thank you. And again, we'll just go to the candidate on your left. 
Thank you for that question. And for anybody who likes Dunkin' Donuts, I like Dunkin' Donuts too. Uh, um, well, this is a, a great question. And over the last six years, I, I look back to the, the budget that we inherited uh, over, over so many years, uh, past administrations would uh, present a budget that, was, that would underestimate uh, our revenues and overestimate our expenses. And so we had a pretty uh, sizable structural deficit. And so that's something that takes time to uh, both solve. But I'm really proud of the fact that we've solved the structural deficit within the city at the very time that one of our largest taxpayers in the entire city, the Montom Coal Plant, shut down. Uh, no, by no major action of this administration, it was the last remaining one in the Commonwealth, uh, and it shut down, and that was a $600,000 annual blow uh, to our city budget. Uh, but we didn't uh, relent. Uh, we continued to balance our budgets, deliver city services, uh, and also have maintained to increase our stabilization fund uh, upwards of over $12 million. And so I'm proud that S&P have recently re uh, reaffirmed our, our AA bond Thank rating you, as Ms. well. Thank you. It's true the city has a, stabilization, a stabilization fund, but our free cash is pretty much spent, I believe. We've got less than $20,000 in free cash. And we are at our bond limit because of uh, projects in the pipeline. So in essence, our credit card is maxed out. Uh, Mike, to answer your question, excuse me, uh, brownouts would not be necessary or a raise in our city homeowners taxes if uh, our budget had been stabilized and our tax base had been bolstered over the past six years. Holyoke does not have a revenue problem. We have a spending and budgeting problem. So it's not inevitable that property taxes must increase every year. I will hire a budget director in my first 100 days of office to full-time monitor and improve the value of our city's resources. Thank you. And the last minute will be for Jason Ferreira for the final rebuttal. Oh, Mr. Sorry. sorry. Excuse me. Mr. Plaisance, that's a very good question. You've got to build the taxable base. We've got too many nonprofits not paying property taxes in Holyoke. And what that does is it puts a squeeze in the city's budget. By encouraging businesses to either lease or to buy or build in Holyoke, it builds the tax base. A lot of people in business don't have much confidence in Holyoke. That's the truth. In coming here, there's been a vacant uh, storefront up at the uh, Kmart Plaza for as long as I've been here, which is 2002. There's also a lot of storefronts in downtown on Maple and High Streets. They're vacant too, and right on Main Street. I don't want to see that happen. You go to other towns and other municipalities, they're prospering. Our budget has been $120, $130 million for the last five or six years. I want to build the tax base, and there's ways to do it. Thank you. Mr. Ferreira. Thank you. Um, just a couple of points. City services have, have not been maintained. Uh, you know, we've, we've recently cut a fire, fire engine. I think we all have heard uh, a lot about that issue. But to say that, that city services have been maintained is, is just completely false. Uh, another thing is this idea that bond rating somehow represents fiscal health. The bond companies know that we're going to raise taxes and cut services you know, to, to the extreme before we, don't, we decide not to pay them. So that, that's not necessarily reflective of, of a healthy city government. Um, 
you know, the, the bond rating might be high, but your taxes are going to skyrocket, and we're going to continue to cut police, fire, DPW services. So, you know, don't, don't relax when you say, oh, well, you know, we've gotten a, you know, a AA bond rating, which is great, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't mean that there's no issue. So we need to be aware of that as well. Thank you. Thank you. And our last question, Manuel Frau Ramos of the El Sol Latino. Muy buenas tardes a todos. Y gracias por estar aquí en la tarde de hoy. My question goes to Michael Siciliano. Last month, an association, a group of Latino parents filed a federal lawsuit against the Holyoke Public Library and other local and state party for unlawful discrimination. The federal lawsuit claimed that the school district failed to provide translation and interpretation services for limited English professing parents required by law. According to the lawsuit, Holyoke Public Library officials has been aware of this situation since 1996 and have not corrected it. Can you share with your thought about this? And excuse me, Manuel, was it the Holyoke Public Schools or the Holyoke Public Library? Holyoke Public Schools. Okay. And well, my thoughts on this matter are that this is a reflection of the current state of the Holyoke Public Schools. Our public schools have been neglected um, a clear example of that is in the physical appearance of the Holyoke Public Schools. So not only have translation services been neglected, but the physical environment, and a big reason why I am candidate, is because I am not happy with the physical condition of the Holyoke Public Schools. Maintenance has been deferred and it shows. This lawsuit is direct evidence that this, neg this neglect is wider than just a few issues. Our school system has significant issues that, may I say, have been neglected. And everyone here knows we lost our school system to state receivership. A big reason why I'm a candidate is because our current mayor neglected to show up to almost 50% of the school committee meetings of which he is chairman of in 2015, in 2015. I have three children in the public schools and this track record of the mayor's stewardship, of the chairmanship of the Hoyoke school, school Committee to me is unacceptable. And we'll start with Paul Bowles. I, uh, I'm an exercise freak. It keeps me fit. And I, I walk around with my dog around the Ian White School <laughs> early mornings in the dark, even in the cold. And I just noticed that the grass hasn't been cut. And there's one uh, custodian there at uh, uh, 5.36 in the morning when I'm there. And uh, although they come in in ships, I know that. But the, 
outside condition of the schools has declined from my experience. Now, I don't go around some of the other schools, although we do, this company I work for, we do plow snow in some of the other uh, public schools in Holyoke. And I'd like to know when we're gonna sell that middle school on Northampton Street. That's a valuable piece of property. I know what the problem is with, I, I, there's a deed uh, with the field there that somebody donated the land so many years ago, but that can be changed because the property is gonna sit and rot. Thank you. Thank you so much for that question, Manuel. I think, you know, the lawsuit moving forward, what, you know, what, however that's, uh, that's decided, I think the city of Holyoke needs to do every single thing possible to, to ensure that that doesn't happen. Um, you know, I don't know the, the exact specifics and the exact details of, of, of what went down or was, was alleged to go down, but, you know, Holyoke needs to, to make that a priority. It needs to be uh, a, a top-level priority to allow our parents to you know, communicate in a way that they're most comfortable to advocate for their young people. I mean, our, our uh, schools being in receivership for me is, is one of the primary reasons I got involved in this race. I think we really need to uh, fight back against the state receivership. We hear so much, you know, the, you're powerless, you're powerless. Uh, the state is too much, we can't do anything. That, that's unacceptable to me. I think we need to start that fight. I think the, the young people in our schools need to know that we're willing to fight for them. And that's what I plan to do. Thank you. <clears throat> Well, thanks for the question, Manuel. And like any lawsuit, the city takes takes it seriously. I know Dr. Dreich and his team are clearly looking at it in terms of how we correct uh, the deficiencies in meeting with plaintiffs. And uh, we're confident we can come to a settlement. Uh, but as you said in your uh, question, this has been an ongoing topic since the, since the 90s, if not before. And I think it's indicative of some of the structural issues uh, in the public schools that we've addressed uh, over the last six years. And you know, receivership has come up uh, in the last uh, couple of answers. And I, I mean, I know what a good public ed education looks like. I went to Morgan just a block away for eight years, uh, preschool through fifth grade. And a lot of people had a lot of fear about what receivership meant a couple of years ago, and frankly, uh, I did too. Uh, but what I've seen over the last two years is strong uh, leadership and improvements, uh, like the dual, dual enrollment program uh, at the high school level. We have students for the first time taking classes at UMass, HCC, Westfield State, some of whom will attain an associate's degree by the time they graduate. But I care deeply about our students, and when we're talking about our public schools, we need to put students first, and we're also talking about our Latino community. Over 80% of our students uh, are Alex. Latino in the Holyoke Public Schools, and we need to care more about them than anything else. Thank you. And your final rebuttal, Mr. Siciliano. I, uh, I choose not to rebut this time. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Again, thank you, members of the media, for your questions. We will now go to our questions that were submitted online by members of the public. We will ask each candidate who will have one minute and 30 seconds to respond to the questions. The order for the round is alphabetical. Paul Bowles will be first, Jason Ferreira second, Alex Morris third, and Mike Siciliano fourth. Um, good evening, I'm Jacqueline Brown Hazard. I live in Ward 4, I'm, I'm a retired citizen of Holyoke. My question to the panel, how do you plan on tackling the real race and class issues in this city? That's a very good question. Um, the company I work for has people of all races. I just, people ask me my nationality and I say to them, I'm an American, next subject. Um, some people are more sensitive to that than than, than I am. 
But my, my feeling is we gotta work together as a team. And I keep telling these young people I have to supervise as a foreman for this construction company. Let's work and team up together and solve these challenges we have. Hoyoke has great potential. The current leadership in this city is not doing their job. And I'm very concerned about that. Very, very concerned. I know the history of Hoyoke. I live with a lovely woman that told me about how uh, the streets of, North, of uh, High Street and Maple Street on Thursday and Friday nights used to be filled with shoppers. How Victory Theater was filled many years ago and how safe it was in downtown Hoyoke. It's changed, I'm, unfortunately, not for the better. And I want everyone here in this room to be successful, highly successful, okay? In whatever endeavor and whatever field. I'm not saying in terms of a lot of money, but I, I want you to be proud you're from Hoyoke. I've talked to some people that, uh, that uh, are not proud of Hoyoke, outside of Hoyoke. True story. I was uh, shopping in a uh, supermarket. In, uh, um, time's up. Thank you very much, Mr. Thank you. Bose. Jason? Thank you. First of all, I'll state that I'm very proud to be from Hoyoke, and, and I'm very proud of our city. A um, couple of things that jump out to me uh, uh, for that question is, uh, number one is the Jobs Not Jails Coalition. It's something that I sh uh, strongly support. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, and I apologize for speaking so fast, uh, it's a statewide initiative to re redirect uh, prison spending towards jobs, training, and support for Massachusetts' lowest-income communities. This is something that's really important to the city of Holyoke. Um, I want to thank a couple of people for really pressing me on this issue, Jackie Velez, uh, Amneris Villanueva, and some of the folks from Neighbor to Neighbor. Uh, there was a, a protest or a, a demonstration right outside on the corner near Racing Mart, which uh, I was the only candidate to show up for, uh, where we were talking about jobs, not jails. I spoke about jobs, not jails in front of the, the Holyoke City Council advocating for uh, the, the, the City Council to adopt a resolution for that. I think that's something that we really should all be in agreement on. Whatever position you, whatever reasoning for it, um, this is something that, that Holyoke should agree on. Number two, residency requirements, I think, for uh, city departments is key. I think I, currently there are some residency requirements, but they're not really enforced. We need to be really proactive in enforcing that. Um, and then just, just the general stuff, clean streets, good schools, opportunity for high paying jobs, uh, good housing. These are, these are ways to, to, to address that issue. Thank you. Mr. Alex Morris. Uh, well, thank you for asking that question, Jackie, and I will just preface my answer by saying, you know, topics of, of race and class aren't something that we could talk about in a two-minute uh, memorized segment, right? I mean, we really need to have deep discussions about both the remnants of slavery and racism in our country, and even the remnants here in the city of Holyoke, not just uh, nationally. And when I think about why, um, you know, we do what we do in my governing philosophy over the last six years, it's how do I you know, use both my privilege as a white male, but also the privilege and authority that comes with being the mayor of the city to advance uh, the goals and the civil rights of people that have been historically disenfranchised, specifically here in South Holyoke and in all parts uh, of our city, and be it public education or public safety, uh, it's having that value and pretending and not pretending that uh, I know best, that decisions are made from the top down, that uh, I know what's best for the neighbors and the people here in South Holyoke or for people of color, but uh, how do I learn uh, from people in our community? And I think that strong partnership 
uh, over the last six years has made me a, a better person, it's made me a, a better leader. Uh, it's allowed us to work hand in hand with residents of Lyman Terrace where they actually chose a company that built their apartments. Uh, that's how we're working with the residents of uh, South Holyoke to build the new housing home ownership opportunities here in South Holyoke as well. And for us, it's how do we use our uh, office to open up the doors and make people feel that this is their city when historically they felt like it's not. And every day I get up, that's what I think about. And that's why I ran for mayor. Mr. Michael Siciliano. Thank you, Jackie, for your, can I call you Jackie? I apologize. Jacqueline, thank you for your question. Um, Jackie, I am, in my campaign, I am calling for unity. So I want to share with you my campaign slogan. It's unity, community, and excellence. Because with unity in our city, we will build stronger community. And the only result I've ever seen in Holyoke when we come together in unity with strong community is excellence in our city. I was raised to judge people by the content of their character, and um, also that the diversity in our state is a blessing. I come from the North Shore of Boston, and uh, I often tell people that Rivera, Massachusetts is more diverse than the United Nations. And if you don't believe me, you have to go there on Rivera Day. Uh, you have to go to the, America's first public beach on Rivera Day if you don't believe me, <laughs> okay? Um, but I think that uh, education is a really important aspect of this. And I hear a lot of academics, actually, uh, talking about this issue in regards to that there's more than one race. And I'm confused by this. Uh, I was raised that there's only one race, the human race. And uh, I agree with Oscar Lopez, who feels the same way. He was here recently at Carlos Vega Park, and he and I share that truth. Thank you. We'll go to our second question. Hi, I'm uh, Nev Capron. I live in Ward 3, and I'm a substitute teacher in the Chicopee School System. And my, the question I was given to ask was, what are your plans for arts and culture outside of the Ray Street area? And again, we'll start in alphabetical order with Mr. Paul Bowes. Again, that's a very good question. Um, I don't have the answer for that, to be honest with you. I, um, and I, I don't want to give you any BS, but I'd like to have input. We need to improve the quality of the schools. That's like a cliche. Um, and uh, Holyoke, by the way, out of 330-odd public high schools, is rated like 290th. If you're fortunate enough to make a decision to hire me, my goal is to get it up 100, maybe to 200 or 150, and I'm very sincere. Because if the kids graduate from high school, they can go to college if they want to. And Dean Tech is a great resource. We need electricians, we need auto technicians, we need plumbers. Not everybody should go to college. Uh, I, myself, I love to go to art galleries. I can't paint, except if I had to paint a building. I'd like to learn how to play the guitar. I've never learned. That's one of my goals in life. Um, but art has been eliminated from what I've been told. I was out canvassing uh, where I live up in Ward 7 by myself, and I ran into two teachers. One of them said she's quitting. I said, why? And I shut my big mouth, and she told me why. Burnout. Another woman says, I'm not giving up on the kids. That's, that woman I respected. She's a grade school teacher. 
She, I mean, she's, I said, I understand. So that's, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm, thank you, Mr. Bose. Your time is thank up. Thank you. Mr. Jason Ferreira, please. Thank you so much uh, for that question. Uh, you know, my opinion, arts and culture to me is a, is a pretty far down my list and things that we need to take care of. I mean, before you go to an art opening, you need to have a job. Before you go uh, out to dinner, you need to have a safe place to, to sleep and a safe park for your child to play in and a good school for them to attend. So for me, you know, arts and culture is a nice thing, but we really need to focus on the basics first. We need to focus on economic development, regaining local control of our public schools, um, you know, clean streets, safe parks, that, that's, that's what our focus is going to be. I'm not going to focus on arts and culture. I'll say it, I'll say it flat out right now. It's, it, to me, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it, it's a nice thing, okay? It's a nice thing, but it's, it's, it's significantly less important to me than, it, than about 500 other things, and I'm going to work on those things before I, before I uh, dedicate any time to, to arts and culture. To me, that's a secondary thing. Thank you. Mr. Alex Morris. Well, thank you for this question, and I, I really do think that arts and culture are embedded in every aspect of our, of our community, and as mayors, we oftentimes multitask with a, with a team, uh, both in City Hall, but most importantly, the team we work with outside of City Hall. You have to look no further about the importance of art, arts and culture than in the building we're in right now, in the, in the work and transformation that's happening with Nueva Esperanza. I mean, just this weekend, we have uh, an award-winning national company coming to Holyoke to show La Gringa. Uh, and I encourage people to come this weekend to check it out. Uh, the art that welcomed us in uh, with the revolutionary Puerto Rican flag on the way in, a local artist, Puerto Rican, uh, did that. Uh, and Nelson and the board of Nueva's efforts working together to enhance uh, arts, music, and culture, the Taste of South Holyoke coming up this weekend as well. That's what this city is all about, and it comes in all different shapes, sizes, languages, and cultures. Uh, the same reason I support the creation of the Puerto Rican Cultural District here in South Holyoke is the same reason I supported for six years the creation of the Polish Heritage National District up on Lyman Street. Uh, so whether you're Puerto Rican in this community or Polish or Irish, uh, I'm your mayor, and, and I want to fight to preserve our history, our architecture, our culture, uh, our languages. You are important. You are part of our city. Uh, and that's what makes people feel uh, that they're part of something bigger than themselves. I mean, we're a beautiful community made up of beautiful people, uh, and it's been a priority of mine uh, to make sure we preserve that strong history uh, that we have. And so, yes, art and culture are embedded in our public schools, uh, in our housing, in our public infrastructure uh, that makes us a better city to live, to work, and to enjoy time with friends and family. Thank you. Mr. Michael Siciliano. Thank you. I agree with the mayor on this issue, and I disagree with Jason. Our city has vast resources and tremendous equity that must be leveraged to, I agree with you, Jason, to first and foremost repair our public schools and to greatly improve public service. But arts and culture, well, it's part of our lives. And indeed, how, excuse me, to answer the question, how, we are, how are we going to uh, improve arts and culture in our city? Well, first we have to save what we have. And I don't think most of you realize that the Hoyle Creative Arts Center will be 100 years old on November 11th. And that it is at a crossroads. We, we stand to lose the Hoyle Creative Arts Center. And I'm calling for this whole entire city, especially the Hoyle Gas and Electric, to support the, the Hoyle Creative Arts Center. There's already a celebration planned for November 11th, and we all need to be there with our financial support. 
Also, to save Mata Della Rosa Church is very important. Um, this building uh, is an exceptional historic uh, resource that could host the largest Polish festival in all of New England uh, once restored. Thank you, Mr. Siciliano. And last, we must report, we, the last resource we have to save is the Victory Theater. So to answer your question, we have to save the resources we have. We're going to go now to our third question. Hi, my name is Jacqueline Velez. I'm from Ward 5. I'm here as a resident. And my question is, what concrete action plan uh, do each of you have to address the panhandling issue in our city? And we'll start again with Mr. Paul Bowles. Thank you. That's, a, that's another challenging question. And keep them coming. I, uh, I describe myself as a, as a man of words, but also a man of action, because talk is cheap. Action speaks louder than words. There's a number of solutions, I feel, in my humble opinion. Um, I think that uh, we should, the police should get rid of them. It looks terrible. I've been seeing it going on for a couple of years, and I live up in Ward 7. They go from Hamden Street up towards uh, 91. I see them in other locations. We should get rid of them. I have compassion for people. I gave people money. I even took one into my house and, and, and uh, where I live in Northampton Street and fed him breakfast because I was afraid he was sleeping outside this winter. And I'd wake him up to make sure he hadn't froze to death. But we have to create jobs. But it looks terrible for the city. I think that the police should. In fact, I, some, some of the panhandlers, one of them called me because I gave him my phone number. She was arrested, $40. I gave her $40 so she could get out, along with her two other friends that were homeless, unfortunately. It's tough times right now. The city's not prosperous, and there's a lot of people suffering. The question, the answer is, is, is very complicated. I mean, I'm, I want to hear some solutions, but I want some action, too. It makes the city and the people that pay the bills in the city that live here look bad. Thank you. Thank you Thank very you. much. Mr. Jason Ferreira. Thank you so much for that question. Uh, <clears throat> I had put out a press release maybe two weeks ago uh, outlining my you know, opinion on how we should go about doing this. And really, the, the issue of panhandling to me is, uh, is a number of issues woven into one. So we have mental health and addiction is, is a leading cause of, uh, of people falling into panhandling. So I think the first, the first thing we should do is work with area uh, addiction and mental health service providers to be more proactive with our outreach to, to those folks who have fallen into panhandling. I think, you know, we, we're a compassionate city. I think that's something that we can do first and foremost. Um, but also realizing that there are, there are people that are out there taking advantage. They're uh, misrepresenting themselves or harassing people. I've witnessed it personally. Um, you know, we can be a compassionate city but not, but not be taken advantage of either. So. You know, it, it's a difficult thing. It's, um, you know, it's irresponsible. You know, the idea for me of putting up concrete barriers or, or, or other things like that is, is absurd. It's, it's, it's a waste of resources. It's not going to do anything. Um, you know, I think the primary thing really is, is going to be the mental health and addiction service uh, providers. That, that, that's how we're going we're gonna to take a bite out of that. And, uh, you know, because no one wants to see panhandling. You know, the, the panhandlers themselves, it's not something that they aspire to. It's, it's something that's, that's happened to them. So, um, yeah, generally that's my answer. Thank you. Mr. Alex Morris. Well, first I just want to make it clear that, you know, panhandling isn't a Holyoke-specific uh, topic. Oftentimes you see it in the media. 
newspapers, the, the film media, Holyoke panhandling, panhandling Holyoke, why the panhandlers are in Holyoke. Um, and let's make it very clear. I mean, you go to Northampton or Hadley, get off of Route 9, go to Chickabee or Springfield, and so don't let anyone make you think that this is a Holyoke-specific issue or there's something inherent about Holyoke um, that makes it a, a haven for panhandlers. Uh, but let's also not dehumanize uh, individuals. They could be our brothers and sisters, our sons and daughters, our parents that are finding themselves uh, on hard times. And so uh, I agree that we need a more uh, comprehensive and compassionate approach uh, to it. Uh, that's why uh, at the behest of Councillor Lisi, uh, as well as with a partnership with Councillor Roman, uh, two councillors I, I give credit to, uh, along with Councillor Valentin, uh, for rejecting the idea of barriers or fines uh, or fees. Uh, there are barriers around access to mental health uh, treatment and, uh, and addiction treatment uh, and housing. I mean, those are, the, those are the biggest issues affecting folks in our community. Uh, I commend our police department as well. They conducted uh, 13 interviews in recent months with 13 individual uh, folks on the street over the last uh, several months. And we actually talked about what are the barriers to treatment? Uh, is it a warrant that you're not allowed into a detox? And so how do we work on an individual basis to get down the barriers uh, to get housing, to get a job? Uh, and so if we solve those, uh, we will naturally see a decrease in panhandling in our community, but it's also just about helping people in need. Thank you, Mr. Alice Morris. Mr. Michael Siciliano. Thank you. Um, while on the campaign trail, I have heard numerous stories of individuals, um, of, excuse me, of city residents being harassed by individuals of this nature. I, um, it is a, a complex issue that we need to leverage our city's resources to deal with. Our city has a tremendous amount of social services that need to be focused in this regard. However, I believe that um, this problem has gone on for too long, and I do think that this issue has exacerbated in Holyoke. I do not believe that other surrounding communities are experiencing the same level of panhandling as we are. I believe that it's a lack of leadership, that uh, our current mayor has proposed to create a committee, I guess two or three weeks ago, to deal with this issue. And as far as I'm concerned, it's about five years too late. I am the only candidate who's calling to deal with this issue directly, and that I will direct the Hoyle police to arrest individuals found who are frauding the public to take money. It's a public safety issue, it's a, it's, a, it's a nuisance issue, and it needs to be dealt with directly, not indirectly. Thank you. And we will now go to our fourth question. Hi, my name is Jennifer Keat. I'm a native Holyoker, and I live in Ward 2. My question is, do you support a police and human rights commission? And again, we'll start in alphabetical order with Mr. Paul Bowes. Thank you for that question. Why do we need another commission? I, I, I don't see any sense in it, to be honest with you. Okay? I think the police department is doing an excellent job, and I know some of the police officers. And I spent almost 12 years in federal law enforcement. They get stressed out. They're doing the best job they can with all the problems. I've had a couple of experiences. My house was broken into up in Ward 7. And the police officer came down right away. Um, 
it's, it's, uh, I don't see any need for that, quite frankly. Another commission to talk about what? Thank you. Mr. Jason Ferreira. Thank you so much. That's a tough question. I did not, uh, did not see that one coming. Um, you know, on, on its surface, I do support it. I think, you know, I, I, a lot of uh, what we do in government, the, the devil is in the details. So, um, you know, is there a potential uh, for benefit to the city for it? Yes. Is there, it could it become just another level of bureaucracy. I mean, I think we've seen the fire commission has been um, not really functioning as smoothly as we'd like to, like to see uh, our government function lately. I think anyone will acknowledge that. So, you know, on its surface, do I think it, it could be something that could benefit the city? I, I absolutely do. I'm very open to it. Uh, the devil's in the details, though, so we're going to really have to uh, get into this issue and into the specifics of what we're, what, what that's going to look like and how that's going to function and what the responsibilities are, who's going to be on the commission, who's going to appoint the commission, uh, and, and all of that stuff. So thank you. <clears throat> Mr. Alex Morris. Uh, well, thank you for the question, Jennifer, and thank you for, for being here. Um, the, you know, the details are important. I know that Council Roman filed an order that'll be uh, first presented tonight and sent to committee um, on the council agenda for this evening. And like all issues, whether it's Council Roman or Council Lisi or Council Valentine or others, uh, we'll have conversations and it'll get debated in committee and we'll, we'll look at what that actually uh, looks like. Um, I do agree with the concept of some sort of commission, be it an oversight uh, board made up of uh, civilians. Uh, what I won't support is a, is a police commission that takes total authority away from the police chief. I think we hire our police chief based on their education and expertise. And the last thing we want to do is uh, politicize uh, hiring and firing and demotions and promotions within the, within the police department. So I think that's best left to uh, public safety officials uh, to the point where I would actually support the uh, um, removing and eliminating the fire commission as well and leave that to the administrator of the, of the fire department. Uh, I think civic engagement uh, is important and I do think an oversight board to some extent uh, would be important in the police department. Uh, it was a few years ago via executive order that I, I did create an ad hoc human rights commission that was just uh, an advisory commission. It wasn't a formal city uh, border commission that was subject to open meeting law, uh, but I do know, uh, I've indicated to counselors that I'm in support uh, of a human rights commission that would officially take complaints, launch investigations, and, and launch uh, and, and subject and present findings to both the council, my office, uh, and the public. And so again, I look forward to working hand in hand with the council uh, in the coming months uh, to get to something we all agree with. Thank you. Mr. Michael Siciliano. Thank you. Uh, I just heard the mayor say that he supports eliminating the fire commission. And I'm judging that that has something to do with him struggling to produce one, actually. We only have one fire commissioner currently with no quorum. Well, okay, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard that, okay? So the mayor is informing me now that apparently we have two fire Let's commissioners. Let's just um, keep sure, to the yeah, question. I, I want to keep you. on topic. Okay, so uh, also uh, Police Chief um, Nicewinger told me at Aaron Vega's Family Fun Day that funds have been cut for community policing. And I want to broadcast that. that. That is news to me. I learned that about a week ago. So uh, I want to answer the question, though. Indeed, I am for uh, a police commission. I think the Hoyle police should have nothing to hide. Uh, we do need more, much more com community policing. Uh, so I am in favor of that. I am not versed in the uh, technical aspects of it, but I certainly am willing to listen. Uh, and in regards to your question about a human rights commission, in general, I am opposed, although I have not looked thoroughly into the issue. I am of the belief that freedom and liberty cannot be legislated. 
that this is something that is an inalienable right that is God-given and that we need to exercise those freedom and liberties and we need to raise our children to, to do the same. Again, thank you candidates um, for answering those questions. We will now go to the closing statements. Um, this was decided in a separate hat drawing and the order will be as follows. We will start with Michael Thomas Siciliano. Next will be Paul Bowes, Jason Ferreira, and Alex Morris. We deserve better. All of us deserve better, everyone here, than politics as usual. I am Michael Thomas Siciliano. I am a full-time dad and a part-time contractor in the building construction. I am an entrepreneur, a stonemason by trade, and a businessman. I have written contracts and completed projects for developers large and small, for countless homeowners and small businesses, for CEOs of for-profit companies and not-for-profit community-based enterprises. I understand business development. As an independent contractor, I have successfully completed projects for some of the largest employers of this region. Once again, my name is Michael Thomas Siciliano. I live in Ward 4. I'm number four on the ballot, excuse me, the preliminary ballot. Please vote for me Tuesday, September 26th, 2017. I thank you all deeply for this opportunity. I thank you all for believing in our city. Thank you. We will now go with Mr. Paul Bowles. I heard a city council that lived here many years ago say, I love Holyoke. Well, I think Holyoke has great opportunities. Uh, I have on my literature, which anybody wants it, uh, they can take it, do whatever they want with it. I want you to hire me. My signs say, hire Paul Bowes. I want to bring new businesses here and encourage businesses that are here to grow. Why? Because they'll create jobs. And then we'll have some prosperity. Hoyoke per capita, somebody told me about uh, in 2003 when I ran for city council, was the poorest municipality per capita and had the highest teenage pregnancy rate. That, hopefully that has changed. There's, there is just a negativity from the outside of people that th when they think of Holyoke. That disturbs me. I have a t-shirt at home that says, uh, proud Holyoker. I was almost tempted to wear it tonight. And I wanna ask you next Tuesday to hire me. Because this next term is not for two years, it's for four years. And if you're fortunate enough to hire me, my office will be open to you evenings, maybe Saturday mornings, where it's convenient to you. There's been a problem getting to the mayor's office. I want to make the schools one of the best in the next 10 years. I don't know if I want to be a lifelong mayor. I don't care. I just care about bringing Holyoke back to its greatness. Things have changed, but I would like to have you consider me next Tuesday. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Jason Ferreira. Thank you so much, Irene. You did a fantastic job tonight. Um, thank you, everybody, for coming out. It was a really, a really great crowd. I've been part of a number of debates where the crowd was uh, a bit more rowdy than you were tonight, so I really appreciate uh, 
that respect for all the candidates who, uh, who uh, take that risk to, to put their hat in the ring and sit up here tonight. So uh, a couple of things I just want to ask is to, you know, really delve into the issues. You know, there's a number of people who support one candidate automatically or another candidate automatically. Press those people on those issues. Don't just assume that things are happening in the city. Look into it. Find the, find the data yourselves. Uh, myself especially, you know, I think we have, uh, you know, if you take a look at our website, jhoyokemayor.com, a little plug for myself, um, you know, there's a number of things that I've, that I've touched on, and, you know, we, just the nature of a website, we can't get into tremendous detail, but I just encourage everyone to really press me on my positions on issues and to press the other candidates. Just don't assume that things are going a certain way because, you know, that's what the popular belief is or that's what your friends tell you. Look into it, research it, ask questions, challenge your candidates. Um, you know, that's how, that's how we have a healthy democracy. I mean, you know, campaigns can get intense and it's just the nature of campaigns. It doesn't need to get personal though and that's kind of where we're drawing the line. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about personal attacks. I have no problem with Alex personally. I like him personally. You know, if he wants to go get coffee, I'd be glad to do that. It's, it's not about that. It's about issues. And, you know, that's where I'm going to hold him accountable. And that's where I'm going to hold everybody accountable because there's too much at stake. There's a lot of people in the city that have some serious need. Um, and we can't just be talking about fringe issues and pretending that everything's fine. We need to really understand that there's some serious issues we need to address in the city and go about... Uh, addressing them and having a healthy debate on how best to do that. So please consider voting for me next Tuesday and uh, thank you all so much again. And thank you to the uh, organizers, all the, uh, all the uh, panel. You did a fantastic job and to uh, Diva uh, for uh, her excellent timing and I'm over time, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Alex Morris. Uh, well, thank you all again uh, for being here tonight. Uh, gracias a todos de ustedes por venir a ese debate. Y para los que hablan español que están en su casa, si quieres tener una conversación conmigo en español, uh, déjame saber. Uh, but thank you again to all of you for being here tonight, of course, to the other candidates. Uh, and you heard a lot about what's happened over the last six years, what uh, people don't like and uh, what they're not happy with. And I talked a lot about data and progress, but I just want to share a little bit as to why I want to continue being your mayor. I mean, it was, it was just last week that I had the opportunity to go down to Lyman Terrace and spend some time welcoming, uh, personally welcoming uh, some of the residents there into their brand new homes. And we went down there and we were walking through the beautiful property, 32 families moved in, and I ran into a, a woman named Taisha, and she happened to be hanging up her, uh, the clothes that she had just washed uh, up on the line, and she couldn't help but express her excitement to move into her new unit. Uh, the next day, and she hadn't yet seen the unit, so she asked if she could check it out. And so we walked a little bit down the, uh, the alley, and we brought her into her new unit. And I, I, it's hard for me to even express uh, her feelings as she walked into that unit. Uh, she has a five-year-old son who happens to have autism, and she went right to the kitchen, and she got emotional. And I don't think there was a, a dry eye in that apartment. And to see her reaction, to go upstairs, look at the bedrooms, uh, that's exactly why we do what we do uh, each and every day. There is nothing better than that. And I know that there are more Taishas uh, in the city of Holyoke that we need to continue improving their lives. Uh, that's why I love my job so much, and that's why I'm so committed and passionate about continuing to be your mayor over the next four years. And so from the bottom of my heart, uh, let us continue helping more people like her and vote for us on Tuesday, September 26th. Uh, and thank you again uh, for your support. Uh, thank you for being here. And we need your help to win on Tuesday and on November 7th. Thank you. Thank you. And this, you guys beat me to the punch on the applause.
again, I would just want to thank um, our candidates today for, um, for the forum. This concludes our forum tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we would like to again thank our sponsors, our City Council Award to Nelson Roman. The the Holyoke Neighborhood Association, Elso Latino, and also our panel. Also, I want to um, thank our audience here tonight. Thank you. This is a Radio Plasma special presentation. The Holyoke Mayoral Candidates Forum. This event was brought to you as a collaboration of the Holyoke Neighborhood Associations, Radio Plasma, El Sol Latino, Holyoke Media, and City Councilor Nelson Roman. From El Mercado in Holyoke, Massachusetts, I'm Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.